Welcome to episode number 256, Mentorship and Money. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Gabe Heck and Mike Mamula. Mentorship and money. In this episode, we have special guest, Mike Mamula. The crew covers topics that range from investing, success, mentoring, leadership, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Shiv Kira and Ariana Huffington. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. Gentlemen, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Mike, thank you for joining us once again, man. Thank you for having me once again. Absolutely. I think this is maybe your third, fourth, fifth show with us. Yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah, man. We have to basically tap into the brilliant mind of Sir Mike Mamula. (laughs) I think it's like once a year at this point, uh, which is not enough, but um, very blessed and honored to have you on. As always, uh, we love, we respect you. Um, We love everything you're about, um, all your initiatives. Uh, But with that being said, for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. Yeah, first of all, man, the feeling is mutual. I absolutely adore and admire you guys and everything that you bring into the world. So thank you. Um, the short version, Mike Mamola, um, lawyer slash attorney by trade, entrepreneur by nature. Um Started my first real entrepreneurial endeavor as an attorney about 19 years ago, opening a law firm in New Jersey that's still thriving, helping people, um, but in large part stepped away from a lot of that a few years back because of the opportunities that I had in some of the other industries with some of the other people that I had the good fortune of meeting along the way. That's taken me down a road that I could have never imagined. I've partnered up with some of literally some of the biggest names in the world um, with some of the most exciting things. So. We're involved now with projects ranging from, and I wish I could go alphabetically, I'll try, but everything from accounting and uh, blockchain and NFTs and esports all the way through and up and including, and I don't want to go to zoology because we're not doing anything with animals, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but, you know, we're doing a lot of things with uh, with and in the entertainment industry, in the financial industry, in the uh, like I said, technology space, and uh, doing it with some of the, the biggest names and literally in the world. We just shot a new television show, which will be coming out in the fall. So super excited about that. Could talk about that if you want. Coaching, mentoring, speaking publicly. Now that the world's opening back up, doing more of that, and uh, just really blessed to be here. I love it, man. I love it, man. Uh, a jack of all trades. Um, so so. This time, every we have kind of um, categories or topics that we like to uh, tap into uh, your treasure chest, so to speak. Um, and this one, we're picking mentorship and money. But I also do want, uh, towards the end, I want to dive into uh, some of the projects you mentioned. And maybe you can elaborate um, yeah. a little bit more on those. But me and you have always gone back and forth uh, with this whole uh, the mentorship thing, right? And it was a concept uh, maybe we talked a little bit about here, a little bit of, uh, in one episode, but this time I want to actually highlight it um, and, and coming from your perspective, let's just get a couple definitions out there. In, in your opinion, uh, what is mentorship and, uh, and why is it important? Man, I could go on for, for days about that. <laughs> but, and I'm, so thank you, you know, for giving us the opportunity to talk about this because I think it's, it's so critical. It's something that's, that's overlooked. Like I was never ex- exposed to it in school. So what is a mentor? Yeah. A mentor is someone that you can go to in any specific field or industry that you can trust and rely on. As a lot of us in, in our network say, it's somebody who in many ways has already paid the dummy tax 
by being a dummy, maybe losing money, making bad mistakes, and they can tell you where the landmines are so that you don't step on them. And so it doesn't matter what industry it is, and it doesn't have to be just one, but you can find people in any walk of life that's important to you that you trust that you can rely on and that will tell you the truth regardless of how it feels because these are accountability people. These are people that are there to make you better. And one of the most critical aspects of that mentorship is it's someone that doesn't have an emotional attachment to you. And what I mean by that is it's not mom or dad. Not that mom and dad can't be mentors in many ways, but very often people like that are compromised by, by their inherent desire to protect us and make sure that we, you know, we don't fail according, according to their definitions. And hmm. they might've grown up with different definitions and in a different way than perhaps we want to go. So they'll say, Jimmy, don't do that. Don't do that. You're not going to, you're not going to succeed in that. You should do this and go get your nine to five and just stay there and be safe. Right. Don't go chasing waterfalls like the old group used to sing. Um, so you need a mentor or a group of mentors who can help you by being that trusted advisor, that person you can rely on. I love it. I remember uh, some years back, it's up to your discretion whether you like this example or not, but I just thought it was a neat way of looking at it where um, you want to get from point A to point B. You do not know how to get there. And the mentors like the GPS system where it's telling you where to turn, we're not to turn. And even though you might made a, a wrong turn, even though they're giving you that guidance, you know, it redirects you. Right. And uh, it kind of and it tells you how long how long you're going to how long it's going to take for you to get there. Um, and there, it's, it's almost just like that monitoring system uh, and the feedback mechanism. Uh, but, you know, amplified by 100. But just that level of guidance. What do you think about that example? Yeah, I think it's a it's a great example. And, you know, they give you that that course, they help you plot that course like a GPS system and and very much like a GPS system. They'll reroute you if there's yeah. an accident, if there's traffic, if there's a police stop ahead. Jimmy, don't go this way. Go that way. You're going to get there faster. Don't go over there. The bridge is out. That's the mentorship. I love it. Who should who should get a mentor? Everybody. Let me say it a little louder for the people in the back. Everybody. And this was such a foreign concept to me, man. I just, it, it just, it, it was, wasn't even on my radar for, for so many years. Like I said, I had never been exposed to it. And I had reached a certain level of success that I think a lot of people would be happy with in life. All of the material things, whatever you want, fine, money in the bank, fine, all of that. And so people, you know, maybe would get comfortable. I looked at it and said, wait a minute there's so much more out there. Why am I not achieving that so much more? And I realized it's because I didn't know how. I didn't have the skills. I only learned what I learned in school. I only learned what I learned in law school. I only learned what I learned from those around me. And you know, you can't learn how to make $100 million from somebody who's only made a million dollars. They don't have that skill set. And so I went out and I said, what are the things that I want in life? And it's not just money. But what are the things that I want in life that are going to help me achieve my purpose, give me that sense of fulfillment, and where can I get that? And I started looking. And so I went out and found them. And, you know, the more that I did that, the more that I do that now for others, it's very, very clear to me that everyone should have a mentor. Everyone should have some people that they can rely on, that they can trust, that they can go to in the deepest, darkest hours, in the best hours, and everywhere in between to help them, like you said, with that GPS. Can you have more than one mentor? You should. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. Like the person I go to to help me understand certain things about money, right? Because I realized this, this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but I realized as an attorney, as someone that people went to with really deep, dark, important problems in their lives, and I helped them a lot, I realized that I possessed a very small skill set when it came to financial literacy. I knew how to make money. I always made a lot of money, but what was I doing with it? I wasn't investing it the right way. I wasn't doing the right thing with it. And there are a lot of people like that, successful people, uh, you know, people that own barbershops, people that are doctors, that are lawyers, that are plumbers, carpenters, everything in between that don't really have a financial skill set. So, you know, when I go to a certain mentor to help me understand that this is, Mike, what we should be doing with your money, that's a different person that I go to who's my spiritual mentor, who helps me understand empathy and compassion. And that's also a different person that I go to that helps me with my physical being in terms of my diet and my exercise. So absolutely, there are different people that fit different slots in your life that are important.
I love that. Um, so, so how, how does one find a mentor? Man. Is it, do you, do you go on the internet and, uh, you, you, you search how to find a mentor? Do you go knocking on a neighbor's house? If someone's out there currently right now, they're saying, dang, I want a mentor, uh, in, in my, in my financial part of my life that has a literacy that I want to develop or someone has a spiritual walk that, um, I want to mimic had it in your opinion, uh, because what we found, um, in the past was that there's a lot of gimmicks out there. Um, there's a lot of coaching programs, so to speak that say that, Oh, I'll be your mentor. I'll coach you through X, Y, and Z. It ends up just being this money scam or so how does someone find a legitimate mentor? What's the best way anyway? Yeah, there, there are two ways. One is exactly what you said. You, you look for them. And you, for me, you know, I went and looked for people that weren't advertising. They weren't selling a coaching program. They didn't have anything to offer. I literally was looking for people who were doing in their life what I wanted to do. And then I approached them and said, do you coach people? Do you mentor people? Sometimes it was, yeah, I do. And other people were, no, I don't do that. And I said, would you consider it? And they said, sure. You know, and so, yes, I mean, it's, you can go find people that do it. You have to be careful. Like you said, there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, it's a money grab. So you have to do your due diligence. You have to vet these individuals. It's easy enough. Now you can go on social media, you can find people that have been with them. And that's the, one of the best ways get recommendations. If you're, if I say, Hey man, I want, I'm considering Jimmy as my mentor. Hey Jimmy, would you mind if I um, reach out to some of the people that you've been working with for the last three years? If, if you say, yeah, Mike, call everybody, uh, then I call them and they say, Jimmy's the best, then Jimmy's the best. And uh, if you're hesitant or if the people don't give a, a great review, then I know. So that's the first way is to go look for them, like you said. But here's the really, really interesting way that you find them. There's an old adage that, you know, when when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And, and that's happened. So when you begin pursuing things in your life that are that are that resonate with who you really are as a person this synchronicity between you and the universe people start showing up in your life and you're like oh my god this is a mentor like this is somebody like i needed someone who can teach me this i don't know where in the world i would have found that person but here they are so when you start walking that path it's kind of like you know, if, you, if you're going out with someone or you're married to someone and you break up or you get divorced, they say, just go live your best life, you know, go, and the next thing you know, you meet your, your next significant other in the grocery store or in the health food aisle, if that's what was important to you or at the bar or whatever, if that's what was important to you. But when you're doing your thing, the way that you should be doing your thing, whatever that thing is, all of a sudden these mentors start showing up for you. And so that's really interesting to me. That's happened, man, that's happened more than on more than one occasion, which is just every time it happens, it's like wow moments. Yeah, that, I mean, to me, that's just the best, the best, uh, most organic way. Um, and you know that you know. Um, yeah, and, and let me, and that's right. And let me just, I wanted to elaborate on that a little more too. Don't get caught up in, you know, like we have these, these presets in our mind of, you know, this person should be older than me. This person should have a little more white hair than I have. They definitely have to have more money in the bank. They definitely this, that, and the other thing. That's not always the case. Like right now, I am heavily involved in NFTs along with blockchain and crypto and everything else. But I was pulled into that world by 20 and 30 year olds who understand this way better than anybody who's in their 50s and 60s. And to look at them, to know them, you wouldn't know they have a penny. It turns out they have a lot of pennies. But that's not the point. The point is anybody can be a mentor. The person next door can be the mentor. If, you're, if you want to learn how to garden and your neighbor has the best garden on the block, there's your mentor. So, you know, don't get hung up in this. I want the best. I want who has the most followers. It's somebody who really can provide you with the skill set and the tools that you need. Yeah, I agree. Definitely on the followers thing. That's definitely not an indication if uh, that's going to be a good mentor or not. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about a topic about mentorship that is not ever, well, maybe I've heard it probably once, if any, and someone just kind of scratched the surface. And it's that sometimes when people think of mentorship, they almost begin to think of that relationship as a forever going thing. Uh, almost like a family member, like they they will be there forever for X, Y, and Z. My question to you is, is it possible f 
for an individual to outgrow their mentor, meaning the friendship might still be there, but I outgrew the knowledge that I was going to gain from what I was initially seeking. Is that possible? Yeah, man, I, I use the analogy of, you know, I do jujitsu and I, I watch these guys and these girls train and they're incredible and they walk into the academy and they don't know anything. And eight years later, they have the ability to tap out the teachers. And so it's that story of the student running past the teacher who taught him how to walk. And, and that happens all of the time. And just like you said, you maintain the relationship. Very often you have partnerships with these people, but all of a sudden there's a passing of the torch where be generationally or because of other reasons, you start to possess this skill set. For example, like I said, some of the people that have mentored me for the last five or six years now are coming to me for the tech things that we're involved in, for the NFTs, for the crypto stuff, for the blockchain-based stuff, and I am their mentor. So there are different ways. It becomes a give and take. It becomes a reciprocity between you. So yeah, you can absolutely have that. And it's you know it's important just like in life to realize that certain people come into your life at different times for different reasons, for different durations of time. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about your transition, right? So you, you had this... Um, or you still have, you know, this amazing career going. Um, and then you kind of that moment when you started looking around, it's like, wow, there's more to this life that I'm living than just this current state of affairs, right? There's more, there's a ton more growth that can happen. And I can become an even better version of my current self. What was that? Was it a, a, an introduction to somebody that you just watch someone else, uh, maybe on a, uh, on a movie or a webinar, or did you meet someone? When did that paradigm shift? Yeah, that is a beautiful question. And I hope the answer is as beautiful as the question was, because I think it's so important. For me, it really coincided with my practice of meditation. And wow. so it's when I started listening to myself, to my heart and my soul, like what was important to me. And we don't realize it often enough or ever that so much of who we believe, quote, we are, this self that we uh, see ourselves as in the mirror, is really what we've been told who we are. Like, uh, you know, you're born with this name. You are Jimmy Lee Velez, that's your name. And you are this, and this is your religion, and this is the way you'll carry yourself, and this is what you'll probably do for a living. This kind of music you should like. And then we stray a little bit, but really a lot of that is cut out for us. And that happens with, with, you know, all of the brands, the clothes that we wear, the music, the movies, it's, we're influenced by so many external factors that unless we give ourselves the opportunity to try and sit down and, and listen to ourselves, because all the answers are inside of us, we never get to that. So for me, when I started doing that, when I decided literally to stop and I really started with my meditation practice heavily, the answers started to come to me, from me and through me. And inside all of us, there's this higher self, which unfortunately most people never tap into because we're too busy trying to get through the day to day, listening to the radio, telling us which teams we should cheer for rather than sitting down in you know a dark place for 20 minutes, listening to what's inside of us. And so when I started to do that, I realized that so much of what I was doing either wasn't being done for the right reason or wasn't being done in a way that aligned with who I wanted to be ultimately when I checked out. And so it was at that point that I got, you know, I'm a big fan. I think I've talked about it on a couple of other episodes of the hero's journey from, from Joseph Campbell. And we all get that call, that knock, that opportunity. And the question is whether or not you listen to it and you answer that call. And for me, I did. And it's scary as hell. And I think that's why most people don't. And we have factors that prevent us or decrease the likelihood that we can family, children, financial obligations, employment obligations, all of these things which say, you can't do this, Jimmy, even though you want to do this, you can't do this. And so it was at that time that I said, you know, I had done all of the things that I thought were important to me. I had this realization that there was a different version of me that still needed to find itself, find its place in the world. And so I started marching in that direction. I love it. You're a handful of get one of a handful of guests that um, who literally gave us the answer that their shift happened upon beginning meditation. It is an amazing. I got the, I just get the chills thinking about it. I mean, the guys can tell you literally you 
we've had multiple guests literally say my paradigm shifted when I began meditation, um, which is so powerful. This is, I think, based on what you just said, really important. It goes back to what is a mentor and it's somebody that we can rely on and we can trust. And like you said, that GPS, but really who it is, it's someone who believes in you and helps you bring the best out of yourself. And so in order for you to do that, you have to start acknowledging what that is, who that is inside of you. And the meditation allows you to do that. I love that. How does how does one begin with meditation and and kind of um, explain what meditation is? Mm. Yeah, so there are a lot of different ways to start. And, and let me just preface this for any of your listeners by saying, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that I'd be on this podcast telling people how important meditation was, I would have spit beer through my nose laughing at you. Like that wasn't <laughs> on my radar anyway. But now... <laughs> But but now that I look back at it, I realize that was a whole different person. Um, there are a lot of different ways to start. One of the ways is just literally show up, just like the first step of success. Just show up. What does yeah. that mean? You know, sit down and literally disconnect yourself from the entire world. Go somewhere quiet. Go somewhere dark if you can. And just close your eyes and breathe. And it can be for a minute. It can be for five minutes. It could be 10, 20 minutes or, or longer. And it really starts to become, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You have to find what works for you. Some do a breathing meditation. Like I just said, you can listen to your breaths and time your breaths. Some do a mantra where you repeat a sound or like an ohm or a certain word to yourself. And there are a lot of different things. And with what's out now on YouTube and all of the apps that are available, it's really, really easy to, to find what resonates with you. And most people say initially like, oh, I don't get anything from it. It's not, I can't sit still for, for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I say, if you can't, if you can't do it for 20 minutes, you should do it for an hour. Like that's, that's what meditators say. <laughs> and, and that means you needed that much. So, you know, that's the way to do it is really just to start by doing it. I have one of my business partners and it's funny. Um, one of the guys who was on our new television show seated to my left as one of the co-hosts, ridiculously successful. He's about to sell his company for just over a billion dollars, right? High school graduate. Wow. Amazing, amazing story. We have to get him on your show. And, you know, initially I started talking to him about meditation. He was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. And then as we went through the guests, we had over 50, 60, 70 guests, ridiculously successful. Not all of them, but a lot of them were talking about the importance when they start their day, morning routine, first thing, meditation, found this thing, created this idea, came to me in meditation, meditate. And every time they said it, I looked at him, I, I like, what do you think? And every time he's like, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then by the end of the show, he's like, man, I have to start doing that, don't I? I said, yes. And so it's there, like really just give it a shot and stick with it. And, and I promise you, it will change your life. There are scientific studies that show going back, I mean, you know, to Tibetan monks going back all the way through Buddhists and all that, the level of enlightenment that they achieve when they do MRIs and different objective, credible medical tests to see what these people are able to do. It's superhuman and we all can do it. The question is whether or not we do. I love it. Um, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the importance of personal development. And in that journey um, is to what you have mentioned find something, find something that's inspiring, motivational, that resonates with you, right? Because there's all kinds of uh, uh, levels and, and, and I think techniques that we related it to music, right? So you just got to find whatever one, you know, resonates with you. you. It could be country, it could be rock and roll, it could be soft rock, it could be punk rock. You have to find what works for you. So uh, the message that I was trying to say was in the, in the same sense with meditation, find Find a technique that works for you. Try them all. I remember um, there was a guy who was just in his son's face about baseball, baseball, baseball. And this kid was just like, he did it because it was his dad, right? And he went from, you know, from T-ball to the minor leagues or whatever, to six, seven-year-olds to in the little league. And finally, this kid um, discovered hockey and he became this world-class athlete, uh, a, a hockey player. And it was just the funniest thing. It was like, it's not that it wasn't baseball. It was still a sport. It's just that it was hockey, right? And it's like he found what worked for him. 
and his career exploded, right? So same thing with, you know, meditation or motivation. Find what works and uh, resonates with you. Um, do, do you find that to be true or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, everything in the universe is energy, frequency, and we, you know, it all vibrates differently. And so you have to find what, what's in harmony with you. And it's, and it can be, you know, just like sometimes we want to hear a love song. Sometimes we want to jump around and, uh, and jump around house of pain. So at, at different times, you may need different types of meditation. Sometimes it's a walking meditation for me where I just walk because I need to, to get out some energy. Sometimes it's like I said, a breathing or a mantra. So yeah, you, you can find different things that work and different things will work better or worse at different times, depending on your frequency and your energy levels. So you've seen, um, multiple uh obviously successful people you work with them you are one yourself but let's talk a little bit about leadership and what is maybe the importance of leadership in your opinion and if you are the and if you are a leader the importance of you taking that role serious yeah i think it's really really important to distinguish a boss from a leader and and those are those are critically and fatally different right a boss kind of points and a leader pulls. And there's a, there's a great example that Eisenhower used to use. He, he, he was known as a leader and he said, the buck stops here, any mistakes rest with me. And he had a six foot piece of chain on his desk and people would ask, why, why do you have that on there? And he used it to give his example of leadership. And he said, a boss will push this. And when I push this chain link right here, I don't really know what direction any of the chains are gonna go when I push them forward, but and he would stand up and take one end of it. And he would start walking away from his desk with the, the chain over his shoulder. And as he walked away, the entire chain fell and draped over his shoulder down his back and followed him in line because he was leading the way. And that's the difference, right? The leader has to be willing to roll up their sleeves, has to be able to do the work, has to be willing to do the work, show the passion and the commitment and to put the team before themselves. That's what's critically important so that everyone can benefit. And those are the people that are really going to follow you, the people that believe in you because they know how much you believe in them. I love it. I'm currently reading a book called The, uh, the Servant by uh, James Hunter, and he talks about the difference between um, leadership and management. Um, and, and uh, you know, not many people, not, you know, not everyone is, you know, might not be built, so to speak, uh, for leadership because he describes it almost as a skill um, uh, rather than, um, you know, as you mentioned, a position, which is what, you know, lends to uh, management. But can you just talk a little bit about um, the precious slash delicate position of leadership and why it should be handled with respect? It's, uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, the more, the more of an ability that you have to affect the lives of other people, the more seriously you have to take that. So when you make a choice and you know that your choice doesn't only affect you and your family, but it affects everyone who works with you or for you. I don't ever say people work for me, by the way. I'll go out and people say, oh, I work for Mike. I work for, I say, no, no, they work with me. And I think that's, you know, it starts with the mindset of we're a team. And so that delicacy that you're referring to starts with how you feel as a person, your mindset about the people that you surround yourself with. And I see us all as a critical component of the team that we are. Um, I may have a different skill set than someone else. And so that places different responsibilities on me. And, and I take those responsibilities. And I think leaders should very, very seriously because of the impact and the import that it has on other people's lives. Love it. I love it. So, so changing gears once again, um, let's talk about money. So the topic uh, uh, of this entire podcast is mentorship and money. My, my questions are going uh, in, a, in an organized manner so we can kind of tie it all together. Uh, but what, in your, in your opinion, what's the importance of understanding the fundamentals of money? Mm, I love this. And we, we let's, line this up for the next show because we can do a whole hour on this <laughs> i don't have any on me it's up it's upstairs i think my wife has her i hold it up and use an example when i when i say this but when you talk about the importance of money most people i'm willing to guess uh, are picturing ones fives tens twenties fifties and hundred dollar bills that's not money that's currency 
And it starts with an understanding of what money is versus what money isn't. And so the importance of that is that it'll, it will affect everything about your life positively or negatively, depending on how much you know about it. So currency, that, that you know, those dollars in your pocket, that's important. But understanding the foundation of that currency, money, something that has an intrinsic value that has the ability to be invested in a way that can change your life forever um, is critically important to understand. So look, money's important, whether, you know, and we're using semantics here, but let's just use it kind of interchangeably between money and currency for the purposes of this podcast. Um, very, very important. You, it starts with like anything else, like I just said, money is a, it's a vehicle to transfer energy. This is about an energy. What are you doing with those dollars? What are you doing with those pieces of gold or that cryptocurrency that you have? How are you spending it? Because that is just the transfer of energy, what you're going to bring into your life, what you're going to put out there into the universe. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so so mm. at one point earlier in your career, right, it was almost like you knew how to make money at what point did you understand the importance of investing and how once you you were putting your money to work basically yeah probably about 10 years ago and i wish i would have learned it 30 years ago because i would be a billionaire by now i still have time but i would be right now if i understood then what i understand now and i will tell all of your listeners i'm sure you guys have read it if you haven't strongly suggest that one of the, the people who I've developed a really nice friendship with is a, a woman named Sharon Lecter. Sharon co-authored um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And if people haven't read that book, please consider reading that. If you have teenage children, please consider giving that book Rich Dad, Poor Dad to them because it'll give a really good foundational explanation of the importance of money and investing. And here's the bottom line. Every dollar that you make is like a little worker and you can put that worker to work for you. And people look, I know really smart people and I kind of do this just to gauge where people are when I'm starting to work with them um, that don't know the difference between an asset and a liability. Like my house is my greatest asset. Unless your house is making you money, it's a liability. It's not an asset. People don't understand that. So you have to really understand the importance of what assets are, what liabilities are, what money is, and how you're going to put that money to work for you for investment purposes. Most people don't understand the importance, the critical importance of compounding money, compound interest. Like if somebody's in their 20s, like they don't have to put a lot of money away. They could, a 25-year-old can put away $300 a month and do that for 10 years and never have to work again. By the end of 10 years, after putting away $300 a month, they'll have invested somewhere around $28,000. But that $28,000 by the time they're 35 will compound to over a million dollars by the time invested the right way at 8% by a million dollars by the time they're 65. People don't realize that the incredibly important, that the incredibly important aspect of compounding early on, investing early on. I made all the mistakes, Jim. I went out and I bought cars. I bought houses. I bought boats. I had a party. I'm, I'm doing yeah. some things now with Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. And I look at him and we were talking. I was just with him. And I said, man, I did not to your level, but I did so many of the things you did. And I, you know, I don't want to say that I made the mistakes, but I did. I paid a lot of the dummy tax that I tell young guys and girls now not to do. You can go out and you can buy that BMW because as one of the biggest mistakes we make when it comes to quote unquote investing is that we don't. We try to improve our status to impress people we don't know or we don't like and we really don't, shouldn't care about by saying, hey, look at Mike's new car. Hey, look at Mike's new beach house. Look at his boats, blah, blah, blah. That's a liability. They're all liabilities unless the, the value goes up and they're making me money. They're not assets. And ultimately, 20 years from now, they're all gone. And the people that I was trying to impress, they didn't care. They, they've long forgotten versus if I had invested that money the right way, I'd be in a lot better position. Yeah, and to go back to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't read that, take a serious look at it. I mean, the, book, the book's not even that big. You I mean, you can knock this out in a day or two. Uh, but the quadrants, just remember, I'm telling you right now, quadrants. Just remember that, and literally, it'll stay stuck in your brain for the rest of your life. Um, that, and it quite literally have you thinking like the Rich Dad. Um, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so simple. The concept is so simple. Is it easy to execute? No, not always. Not every day, 
But the concept is so simple that it's literally ingrained and burned into my brain. And these guys are probably laughing because we first picked it up, I don't know, 2006, 2007-ish mm. time. And and um, it's quite profound that something like that still has an impact that I, have, I haven't read in, in a long time. Uh, but anyway, yes, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, take a look at that. Mike Mamula, do you budget yourself? Do I, but yes. And, and that, that I was, that touches on something else I was going to say with regard to investing, budgeting, critically important. We're talking about money, but you can apply all of the same rationale philosophies to time, right? Money's important, really valuable. Time's more valuable. So yes, I budget my money. I budget my time. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, there's a guy out there, <laughs> By the name of Dave Ramsey. Um, anyway, he's like a financial teacher. I'm sure 95% of you guys all know who that is. Um, but anyway, he says if you can understand and manage your money and budget correctly, there, it, you don't you don't realize how many other aspects of life that organization enters, um, and then you can then organize and manage your relationships, organize and manage your spirituality, um, and it's just mastering one thing could that lead into uh, the benefits of everything else life has to offer. Um, how did you get started investing? Uh, literally, I took a step back and recognized that I should be further along than I am. When I looked at myself and you know what happened? I, I'll tell you what happened. I saw when I started my law firm, they, you know, a lot of the older attorneys in town laughed at us. They were like, you guys don't realize how hard it is. You'll never succeed. Come work for us. And we're like, ah, we're just going to give it a shot. And we ended up doing really well. And then 10, 10 years later, they started coming to us saying, hey, do you want to buy my firm? I'm retiring. And they really needed the money. And when you went through the finances, you realized they hadn't done for them, themselves personally um, what they should have done. And they really needed to sell their businesses. And their businesses, quite frankly, didn't have any value because there was no asset. And that's something else we could talk about. That's one of Sharon's newest books called Exit Rich. That's one I would recommend highly. That's, you know, people building businesses don't think about the exit strategy. They wait until it's too late. So Are you saying, I started, I'm sorry, can you, say, can you say the title again? Exit or eggs? Egg, exit, E-X-I-T. Oh, exit ri Rich. Yeah, like Exit Rich. Oh, Exit Rich. Start thinking about it early. And so I started because that's, you know, like I said, about that time, started looking at it, saying, wait a minute, like, why am I not? Why the people that are ridiculously that are wealthy, not rich. It's the old Chris Rock joke, but wealthy. Um, what are they doing? And what I realized what they were doing, there's three ways you can you can make money or currency, whatever you want to call it. One is you could trade your time for it. Right. That's the first way. That's what most people learn in school. And that's really all they ever achieve. The second way, the next level there is that you can have others work for you and make you money. So now I'm not trading my time because that's finite. I only have so many hours in the day. I can only earn so much based on those hours. But if I can have people working for me, then I can then it's almost infinite because I could have an exponential number of people working for me or quote with me to make more money. And then the third way, the people that achieve and that will get you that will get you rich. But the people that become wealthy, they don't go from the they don't go just step one to step two. They go to the third step, which is they have their money make money for them. And when I learned that, I was like, wait a minute. That was the aha moment. I was like, I never learned this in school that way. And I dove headfirst into books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Think and Grow Rich and all of these different books that help teach you the value of investing your money in a way so that your money works for you. Because then, you know, what is being rich? What is being wealthy? For me, it means being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, with whomever I want. And so that's what I wanted. And so that's what I worked for. And that's what I've achieved. And the only way I think to achieve that is by getting to that stage where that you have that, they call it, you know, Swiss money while I sleep money. And, and so money has to, you know, it has to be coming in from various sources while you're sleeping, while you're not working. Otherwise, you're never going to really be able to just uh, continue to earn in a way that will make not just you wealthy, but create some generational wealth so that your kids don't have to worry. And so that's only going to come through investing. And so that's what I started doing. Awesome. And can you just tap on to, you alluded a little bit to it, um, ha having multiple streams of income. Um, so, so just kind of speak to 
um, maybe understanding and mastering one method, then, you know, have that bad boy rolling, so to speak, then educate and master another one to have uh, multiple uh, streams of income. Do you believe in that method? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, I think it's critical because as we just saw with the pandemic, if you have all your eggs in one basket, the basket could something, something bad could happen. The more that you're able to diversify, the more likely it is that you'll succeed and you'll start to exponentially grow your, your wealth. And so you find things, it's about paying attention. Like everything happens in cycles and, you know, you have to be aware of the various sources. So it's in jobs, it's in investing in companies, it's in investing in, you know, real estate, the market, precious metals, cryptocurrency, different things at different times, depending on where the market is. I just sold almost all of my residential properties. I don't, I don't own many more. Why? Because we just went through an incredible seller's market. Like when somebody literally came knocking on my door and said, hey, I'll give you the crazy price. Do you want it? And I was like, there's no way this is true. And he said, it's true. And I said, yes, because it's a seller's market. I loved my home. It was my dream home. My wife and I built it with our bare hands. You were there. I love that yeah. place. Yeah. Hidden, hidden doors. And yeah, like really like one of the nicest houses I'd ever seen. Sold it because there was an incredibly, incredibly valuable opportunity that we just went through that in all likelihood we won't see again, at least in my lifetime. And so you take advantage of it. What else is happening right now? Cryptocurrency, NFTs. Um, there's an opportunity to buy and to sell with all of these things. So you have to look at, you know, having your 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 money invested in different things and different people. It comes down to what's your comfort level and what's your your willingness to to wait. Um, and once you figure that out, then you can figure what you want to be invested in. But sit back and look at what people are investing in. Are they investing in residential real estate? Are they investing in commercial real estate or different things and figure out what you like and, and then go do it so that you have the opportunity to make more? Because that's, again, otherwise you live in a finite world and you can't, you cannot work enough to become rich, period. Not not on your own, I, I, not wealthy, maybe rich. You can make a couple hundred grand, you can make a couple million bucks, which is enough for a lot of people. But if you have different aspirations, you have to do more. I love it. So you mentioned the concept of diversification, right? So let's jump into the new aspects of uh, money, right? Uh, currently, you talked about the paper money. It's a fiat currency. Talk a little bit about the cryptocurrency, NFTs. The, the, there's an absolute frenzy going on right now. As you mentioned, with the real estate, we have also multiple things coming in at once. And they've described it as uh, in our lifetime and maybe in, in this century, one of the biggest transfers of wealth is currently happening. Uh, and which side are you going to be on uh, when you get to sit around the campfire and tell your grandkids, uh, you know, the, the history lesson, right? Um, are, are you going to tell them that you're on the, the better half or the not so good half? So can you talk a little bit about that? Do you believe that? Do you believe we're going through the biggest transfer of wealth uh, in our lifetimes? And, and, and then from there, uh, kind of jump right into NFTs um, and cryptocurrency. Yeah, unequivocally, yes. I mean, this is what's happening now in the world. We've already seen it. I was just on the phone uh, Saturday with a couple of guys who have some really cool AI technology that we're going to be doing something with. And one of the guys is partners with when they, they exited their, their previous tech company. One guy went and bought real estate. The other guy went and bought $100,000 worth of Bitcoin back in 2014. It's now worth wow. $1.1 $1 .1 billion. And so it's <laughs> real. It's happening. I've been to, I, you know, I was down in Miami right before Bitcoin 2021. I've been there a lot. I've been with the, you know, the people that are really involved. Where I've been involved since 2016. I believe in it. I know what I have as a result of it. I'm not a, I'm not a Bitcoin or a crypto billionaire, but I've been around these people. So yes, it's real. And, you know, some people are going to take advantage of it. And again, it goes back to what I said, that knock. There's an opportunity. If people answer, great. And if they don't, that's okay too. But I think ultimately, you know, within five or 10 years, for sure, you won't, there won't be what's called whole coiners, people that own a whole Bitcoin. You'll be buying slivers, little, what they call Satoshis, little pieces, because it will be so valuable. You won't be able to buy it. And, you know, you look at back in 2014, 15, 16, 
people saying, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars or you're going to spend thousands of dollars on this thing. And now it's tens of thousands of dollars. So yes, um, I think there right now we are going through a really unique and amazing time when technology is providing us. I mean, the, the transfer, it, it's a natural evolution, right? Just so we understand, like if you look at the history of money, People used to run around with gold bars and silver in their pockets, and that got too heavy. So they changed it to paper, and the paper was at least backed by precious metals. And then that became too inconvenient. So they didn't do that anymore, and they got rid of that. And then, you know, all of a sudden you had this plastic credit card. And you mean I could put this in this thing, and all of a sudden I get credit, and I, can, I don't have to carry around this quote unquote money. And so it's a natural evolution. We finally reached the point where technology is allowing us to transfer things of value with each other with the touch of a button. Um, and it's going to open up the world and the world economy in a way that's never been done. Most people don't realize that only approximately 5%, 5% of the, of the world's population has a bank account. I'm willing to hmm. bet that almost all of your listeners have a bank account. But the person who's making little napkins or little placemats on the side of the road in some third world country, um, they don't have a bank account. And they'd like to sell those things to people like you and I when we walk by buy and they can't, but they do have one of these. They have a cell phone. And if they have a cell phone, they have access to the world economic market now through cryptocurrency. They can buy and sell that way. So it'll open up uh, economy in a way that's never been experienced before. I love it. And, and as you mentioned, things come in, in, in waves. And one of the fascinating, uh, when I say generational um, transfers of wealth was, I believe it was 1865, the, uh, the gold rush. Um, and it was kind of like the same thing, literally that 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 rush uh, of people flocking to one specific area of the world, uh, United States, however it was, and 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 taking advantage of a specific opportunity and seeing and understanding uh, value uh, in that opportunity, right? Because there, I'm sure there's back in 1865, uh, there there wasn't any TVs then, but I'm pretty sure there was. You know, uh, maybe your local church or your local group gatherings of some sort, a public house. People were talking about it, but they never did anything about it, right? They didn't. They didn't flock to the, you know, to to the gold. Uh, where it's kind of the same thing. Where you know, with the with the monetary system, we have a, an opportunity. It's decentralized, uh, meaning no one really has control over it, and, and is it is it is in governance of it, um, and quite literally transfer hundreds of millions of dollars, let's just say for, for, for dollar's sake, in seconds, where try to do that um, with the fiat currency that you're currently holding in your, in your wallet. Um, and we all know about hyperinflation. Look at Zimbabwe, um, whatever, in 2008 or whenever, you know, they're hyperinflated. I mean, uh, I believe it was uh, a gentleman said he walked into a room to talk about uh, overcoming adversity in Zimbabwe, and he felt so little because he got introduced. And when he they introduced him, he walked out. And he's like, at the time, I was a, I was a, a millionaire in, in U.S. dollars. And then the, they opened up the room and said, "Raise your hand if you're a trillionaire." And he said, every single person raised their hand. And he turned beet red, and he didn't understand. He's like, and he felt so little. And meanwhile, this guy's a millionaire. He's like. These guys are trillionaires. What am I going to teach you? And they said, no, this is what happens. It's hyperinflation. It's worth absolutely nothing. Right. Um, and so uh, the, the value, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very important to understand that. And, and Mike, you touched on it about uh, capitalizing and owning items that have intrinsic value, um, having the precious metals, having the coins, not saying you have to have a you know, pirate ship treasure chest full of it, but having a portion um, of your portfolio, as we mentioned about diversification earlier, um, just being wise about those things, or at least read up on them. So maybe you're out there thinking, well, I don't have the, the, you know, the finances uh, to, to come across and take advantage of this opportunity. At least in the meanwhile, figure out a way, but learn about it. The biggest right. thing is education, because there's people out there with a ton of money, and they're doing all the wrong things with that money. Even though that you don't have that money, at least educate yourself. And you want to say anything, comment on that? I think you're absolutely right. And it happens every day. It goes back to, you mentioned Kiyosaki, his tagline that got him all of the publicity when he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Sharon Lecter was saving is for losers. People are like, what do you mean? Right. And we, we grow up and mom and dad tell you, save your money, save your money. 
people don't realize when you save your money, you're losing it, right? You save $1,000, put it under your pillow. By the end of the year, you don't have $1,000 anymore. You have like $940. And by the end of a decade, you have about $350 because of inflation. And then like you said, some hyperinflation and different things that happen. Your money starts to go away. It doesn't, it, it doesn't grow like investments do that according to whatever's happening in the world, give you the same the same ability to buy things. The, the story is this, that, you know, an ounce of gold back in, you, you alluded to 1880. In 1880, an ounce of gold should have been able to buy you a nice suit, a pair of shoes, a nice shirt, tie, and a meal. That's what an ounce of gold should have been able to buy you. Today, $1,500. I haven't checked it in a week or so, but I don't know what's gold at 1,500 an ounce, I'm guessing. That same ounce of gold today can buy you a nice suit, a nice tie, a nice pair of shoes and a meal. But if you took that, that same, whatever it cost, that that ounce of gold back in 1880, a dollar and tried to buy all of that stuff today, wouldn't happen, right? Your dollar disappears. The gold, the precious metals, the cryptocurrency, your investment, stocks, bonds, real estates, they should, at least they, the, the indications are such that if you hold them for the right amount of time, do grow over time to give you that opportunity. So yeah, I'm not telling anyone this isn't financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. None of us are. Let me make that disclaimer as an attorney. We're not giving yes. you financial advice. In fact, I am not telling you to invest in any of this stuff. All I'm saying, Jimmy, is exactly what you said. Educate yourself. Find out what makes sense to you. Go get financial advisors. Instead of spending 300 bucks at the bar this weekend, spend $300 on a financial advisor who can tell you how to change the direction of your life financially. Absolutely. I mean, I just had, I had, uh, you know, we just had this conversation with um, a very close person uh, in my life saying that, you know, um, they, they were about to come into uh, a decent amount of, uh, money and what to do with it. And they weren't so sure if they're ready to invest. And I told them, frankly, just wait, educate yourself because what, what's going to happen is you're going to jump on something uneducated, ignorant, and then be mad at yourself if it fails or when it fails. Um, and then just look back and say, you know, chalk it up as, well, you know, at least I tried. Well, instead of, you know, doing it the smart way is educating yourself. And that's what I said, you know, you mentioned it earlier with the internet, a lot of the, a lot of this education is free. You can figure it out um, just on watching YouTube videos. Uh, and so, and then, and then when you are ready, when the opportunity does come, you're ready to go. As we say, you're ready to rock and roll, man. Um, yeah. And take, take advantage of that. Podcasts. You know, there are so many incredible podcasts out there by, you know, by Ivy League professors and retired professors and wall street execs and billionaires who just want to share their information you can you can really learn so much if you just look so talk a little bit about nfts right so we tapped in a little bit about uh crypto uh, cryptocurrency uh and explain a little bit about nfts or where you are with it and are you investing in it or you know your your perspective yeah, so for people that don't know, an NFT is uh, it stands for non fungible token, and so people right now are running to the dictionary saying, "What the hell does fungible mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and so fungible just means it's non fungible; it can't be tra traded for or exchanged for something of like kind. It's unique and it's individual. It's not like a dollar bill or an ounce of gold or a gallon of gas or oil, right? We can't, you give me one, I give you one back, even though they're different, they're worth the same. Non-fungible tokens are more analogous to like a piece of art or a song or something creative um, or something of value that ha that's unlike anything else. So basically in, in the simplest terms, we're at a time now where technology has figured out a way to allow everything that exists in the real world to exist in the virtual world. And we can essentially take anything of value and stamp it into the blockchain, which is immutable, meaning it can't be changed. And it goes out over this network of thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of nodes or computers around the world, a distributed ledger that shows everybody that Jimmy bought this piece of art from this person for this amount of money, period, no questions, no fraud, no anything, amen. And so what NFTs are doing, there are two different verticals here. One is what I just alluded to in terms of collectibles. And we're seeing a ton of that with trading cards, art, music, all of those things. And so that happens. And so for the first time, we're now cutting out the middleman 
for creatives like painters and sculptors and musicians. We saw Blau and we say we see Steve Aoki and, and others who are now able to directly sell to the consumer, to the listener or an artist to be able to directly sell to the consumer and cut out the middleman, making it more beneficial for both, but also to create what's called a secondary market. So an artist was never able, if I sell to Jimmy and Jimmy sells to Joey, then the artist doesn't get part of that secondary sale because when Jimmy sells to Joey, artist doesn't know, artist doesn't benefit. NFTs allow you to create because they exist on, a lot of them now exist on the Ethereum blockchain, they exist on various ones, but most of them are on Ethereum right now. NFTs allow a secondary market. So you can create what's called a smart contract so that I can say, okay, I'm going to sell this to Jimmy for this much money. And then any other subsequent sale, I'm entitled to 10% of that sale. So when I sell you my painting for $1,000 and you sell it for 10 and they sell it for 100, each time I don't have to chase it. I don't have to look. I don't have to question it. I get my 10%. That's really, really valuable. That's never been possible. That's one side, the collectibles of NFTs. The other side, that takes us into the billion dollar realm. That's where people are going to be making billions of dollars. Where do we get to trillions, real trillions, not Zimbabwe trillions, but real trillions in industry and the utility of NFTs. So as an attorney, for example, we would see when we did a closing, we sell the house to Jimmy, title company shows up and Johnny sold his house to Jimmy and the title company gives you the title and they go marching down like it's 1930 again to the courthouse. It gets and notarized. Stamped. It gets notarized. Yay, it's real. Well, that's not going to happen anymore. And we're going to see that it gets stamped into the blockchain and everybody will be able to go if they have access in and see what was bought and how much. And we can put those smart contracts together. There's no questions, no likelihood of fraud. That's going to tap into every industry, law, medicine, health, banking, finance, everywhere in a way that's never been possible. So we're in, we're in for some really, really exciting times. So explain to us uh, how you're you're currently involved in that, or you're just in the beginning of stages, kind of educating yourself. And no, I, yeah. So one of the things I do you know, when we talk about investing, one of the things I do is I'm an angel investor, which is similar to, and we can talk about this maybe in a different show at some point, similar to venture capitalists and different things, but I'm an angel investor. So I have a lot of people that come to me with uh, ideas and some are great and some aren't. And when it's a great idea, sometimes we'll invest in the company. And so, you know, one of the ones that I'm really excited about is a company that's working at a very high level with NFTs. They're going to be on our new television show. Um, and uh, it's, you know, they were involved with Stanford Blockchain and Stanford Startup X back in 2016, writing NFTs before they had names. And so they're doing some things to be able to bring um, NFTs to the market in a way that hasn't been done yet. So separate and apart from buying NFTs and selling NFTs and doing that, I'm invested in and I'm very interested in that side. It goes back to what you talked about with the, the California gold rush. Like people don't realize all of the people who went to California during the California gold rush, there's one person who made more money than anybody else during the California gold rush. It's where the terms and the phrase picks and shovels come from. And this guy said, wait a minute, we have tens of thousands of people coming to dig for gold. I'm not going to go dig for gold. I'm going to sell them the jeans because they're digging so hard, they're wearing out their pants. And he created these Levi's jeans and it's Levi Strauss and the name's still around. He made more than everybody else. So the people that are applying their skill set to this technology in a way that's the picks and shovels, giving people the infrastructure for NFTs, those are the ones that are really going to benefit. Those are the ones that I'm kind of betting on. And those are the ones that I'm partnered up with. That's on the collectible side. That's on um, the infrastructure side. They're also taking all of that and bringing it into the utility world. Like I said, with some big multinational companies who are coming to them saying, hey, can we white label what you're doing because we need it for this company or for that company? And so it's really wow. exciting. So that's what we're doing. Hmm. Wow. Um, all right. So having said all that, in your opinion, um, and I feel like this entire episode has brought us to what I believe the definition is, uh, just by you know your actions uh, and, and becoming the best version of yourself uh, through your story and explaining that to us. What what does being successful mean to you? You know, I was wondering if we were going to get to this question, and I, I'm so glad we're going to tie it up this way. It means it goes back to part of what I said earlier about being wealthy. And I don't mean wealthy in the financial sense. 
I mean it in the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and the financial sense. So being successful means being able to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want, in a way that I want. And all of those things rest on a foundation of being of service to others so that I can help make the world better. I want to leave a really positive, big dent in this planet when I leave. And so that's what being successful means to me. I love it. And so basically, uh, it's the combination of understanding uh, what we talked about money um, and, and maybe even having a mentor leading to success um, and, and then having that mark in the world, so to speak, the positive uh, mark in the world. What, what is your opinion on when someone says uh, success also means having options? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You know, it's it's like I said, being able to do what you want when you want. Money just gives you choices. That's all money does. Like, you know, where do I want to go? What do I want to buy? How do I want to do it? Who do I want to do it with? That's all it is. So those choices, because at the end of the day, what do we all want? We want freedom. We want freedom with our time because that the in, intrinsic in that is, is the belief and the understanding that time is our most valuable resource. It really is. And so if we have that freedom to do with time, whatever we want, we're the wealthiest people and the most successful people on the planet, you know, sprinkle that with a little love and peace among us, man. And it's a good life. Love it. Love it. Um, speaking of value, uh, thank you for everything you have just blessed us with. I am, and we are respecters of time because we understand the value. Uh, you gave us more than enough. Uh, again, folks, if you're out there listening, we're just scratching the surface of these topics. Go in, do your research, dig a little bit further. Um, you know, it's it's fascinating uh, once you uh, start to do a little bit of research, how much bigger, uh, you know, the world is and how much more of an impression you can have uh, just with a little bit of knowledge uh, that you tapped into on your own. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate uh, obviously more more than you uh, you know but is there any closing words um, you want to leave us with any words of wisdom um, and then after that uh, how can folks connect with you yeah listen thank you and the guys I see them always sitting there so supportive man so incredible and I, I really appreciate all of you tremendously if I could leave you with one piece of advice, the, the one thing that I, if I have to be honest with myself that changed everything for me is to, to give in life with no expectation of return. And it's counterintuitive because we, you know, we grow up in a world of scarcity. Um, and so we want to fend for ourselves. We want to me, 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 take, 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 build, 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 hide, hide, hide the money under, under this mattress. And it's important. You have to do it in a way so that you can survive and protect your family. But once you can get to that point where you're able to give, and it can be time, money, love, any combination of those things in a way to others, um, the universe, like I, we talked about, we just touched on it being an energy and a formula, gives back to you in abundance, man, 10, 50, 100 times. I can't tell you, like, when I look at my life, the quality of what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with, it's all a result of me being willing to give to others with no expectation of return. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so how can uh, how can folks connect you uh, connect with you and any future um, uh, things we can look uh, to coming yeah. out of your work? Yeah, yeah. Um, social media, Mike Mamola, Mike, my last name's M like Mike, U, M like Mike, O-L-A, uh, or my website, MikeMamola.com. And, um, you know, call me, text me, reach out to me, 609-571-5925. I'm, I'm available to people, man. And if you, they're your listeners, I'm, I'm, you know, more than happy to give them the time they want to try and help them, lead them in the right direction. So that's it. I'm I'm really blessed to consider you guys friends and to have me on as many times as you do. So I appreciate you. Look for the new TV show coming out in the fall. We'll be on Bloomberg Television and Amazon Prime globally, uh, fall of 2021. It's called Office Hours with David Meltzer, where we have about 70 of the world's greatest entrepreneurs, celebrities, and athletes just revealing their playbooks to success, who their mentors are, are and what they've learned from them. So exciting hmm. things ahead. That's so awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. We'd like to wrap things up with quotes. And the first one is by Shiv Kira. Your positive action combined with positive thinking results in success. The second one by Ariana Huffington. 
failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success. Mentorship and money. In this episode, we have special guest, Mike Mamula. The crew covers topics that range from investing, success, mentoring, leadership, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Shiv Kira and Ariana Huffington. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>